Hi everyone, you're listening to the Health and Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. These podcasts will feature discussions on various health conditions, health tips, and nutrition from a naturopathic perspective. Sometimes it's just me, sometimes I'm interviewing guests. All the time, I hope to share with you information on health and wellbeing with the aim to empower and educate. Please remember that all information is general and not a specific recommendation that replaces consulting with a practitioner. Please talk to your healthcare practitioner before undertaking any changes to your treatment regime. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So before I get started, I just wanted to give you a bit of a heads up that soon I'm going to be changing the name of the podcast to Guts and Girl Bits. Previously, it's been called the Health and Wellbeing Podcast, but I feel that Guts and Girl Bits is a little bit better suited. So I'll give you a couple more episodes of warning before I actually properly change the name of it. So when you see it pop up in your uh, iTunes podcast folder or wherever else you listen to your podcasts, then you'll see that it has a new name. So Guts and Girl Bits. Today, we're going to be talking to Nikki Warren all about preconception care and the nutrient needs for the preconception care period. So this is such an important topic to talk about, and I'm really excited to have her here today. Preconception care is essentially that process of preparing for pregnancy and preparing for having everything that you need for a healthy baby. And it's for mum and it's for dad. And it's got a lot of aims, but the main thing that you want to do is just make sure that both mum and baby have a really easy time of it and do you do everything that you can to reduce anything going wrong with baby as well. We do have an increasing incidence of congenital defects in babies. And one of those reasons is actually because we have reduced amount of nutrients in our food and an increase in chemicals in our environment. One of the best ways we can actually reduce those harmful effects of those chemicals is to make sure that our gut health and our nutrient stores are A+. One of the other things that we want to do with preconception care, well, we want to make sure that you've got a really healthy, robust immune system. You want to make sure that you've got your child, your baby's ability um, to resist any sort of damage from the environment is also really good too because if you're exposed to chemicals during pregnancy the best way that your body can actually cope with those and protect your baby is to have a really healthy bacteria balance in your gut. You also want to make sure that you've got all the right hormonal balance, all the right gut health stuff going on so that your ability to conceive is actually heightened as well. And I do want to really emphasize that guys need to do it too because sperm health is very sensitive to chemicals in our environment and nutritional deficiencies and even not just deficiencies but like subpar levels of nutrients because they have nutrients condensed into various parts of the sperm like the head of the sperm for instance which is where the DNA is and then the the body and then even the tail which is the one that makes that sperm swim and move and be able to get to that egg there's different nutrients concentrated in each of those parts of the sperm and while we don't know for sure whether a nutritional deficiency of those areas will correlate with an impaired motility or morphology of the sperm you could hazard a guess that it probably does you know 
So we know that our diet and our lifestyle has a big role to play in fertility, but it's not just about you and it's also not just about your baby. It's also about your grandchildren's fertility. So what you eat and drink and do in the four months before you conceive can impact the genetics of your offspring and your fertility health. And yeah, that can be kind of scary to think about, but I think it's better to actually be aware of it and to know that you can make a big impact. So I'm going to not go on too much more now. I'll, we'll get started with the podcast. It's a really good one today and I'm happy to introduce you to Nikki. So let's get started. So today I'm joined with Nikki Warren, who is a naturopath and herbalist and founder of NaturoBest, a range of high quality preconception and pregnancy supplements. NaturoBest was birthed in 2016 and has been gaining a lot of attention from integrative practitioners and naturopaths because of its high quality and innovative ingredients. Nikki has been a fertility naturopath for over 10 years, and I'm so excited to have her here today to talk about preconception care. Thank you so much for joining me. So can we just start by talking a little bit about your journey, about how you got into the realm of fertility and um, pregnancy support and how you came um, to create this wonderful sure. range of products? So I was diagnosed in my late 20s with ovaries and the main issues I had were weight gain and pain and I hadn't had a period for an entire year so I'd actually gone on the pill the previous year due to a short relationship and I started gaining weight rapidly. And so, of course, going off it a couple of months later, but by that time, I'd gained 10 kgs. And as you can imagine, I was beside myself. I saw numerous specialists and tried pharmaceutical drugs that didn't work before finally stumbling upon a student naturopath. And she gave me a liquid herbal prescription and told me to go on the O-blood type diet. And not only did I start losing weight, my skin started clearing up and I got my period three weeks later. So that's what um, inspired me to start studying naturopathy the next year. And during that year, I unexpectedly fell pregnant with my daughter, Taylor. Um, I became obsessed with learning everything I could about supplements during pregnancy and natural fertility. And that's what led me to specialise in fertility when I graduated a few years later. That's amazing. And what, what an amazing turnaround. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was, I mean, you know, when you get results like that, it just, you're like, what the hell are these things? What are herbs? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I, yeah. I think you're not alone in that, in that many naturopaths actually go into this yeah. career because we've had such an amazing experience for ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, and, exactly. yeah, and we just want to, you know, help everyone. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so that's great. So I'm, I'm really fascinated about pregnancy and fertility and women's health. And I love working in that area. And there's so much that I do want to talk to you about. Um, there's only so many minutes we can fit into a podcast. So um, today, how about we focus on the concept of preconception care? Sure, sure. Let's start with the basics. So what is preconception care uh, for anyone that's not familiar with the term and um, essentially how long should a couple do it for? Okay. So basically you're optimising the health of both parents prior to conception and that ensures um, that the egg and sperm in the mother's body are in the healthiest possible to ensure the best outcome, which is a healthy pregnancy and baby. 
So, and also you can boost nutrient scores prior to pregnancy to help prevent deficiencies during the pregnancy. So, for example, it's common for women to suffer from morning sickness um, and iron supplements often aggravate the symptoms of nausea and vomiting. So, ideally, you'd boost your iron stores prior to pregnancy, forget about iron supplementation during the first trimester, and then reintroduce an iron supplement when the morning sickness has subsided. Mm, um, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> saves a lot of suffering. Yeah. Um, and so the reason I use iron as an example is that the most common, um, it's actually the most common mineral deficiency uh, in women in the world due to the extra iron demands during pregnancy. So we, we chew through a lot of it during pregnancy. Mm. Mm. Yes, I know I was quite... Um, severely iron deficient in both of my pregnancies right i needed um a infusion in my second one which isn't wow. ideal and everyone and everyone can respond to it differently like thankfully mm. i was fine but yeah. to um give a massive hit of iron like that is a high source of oxidative stress yeah. so yeah. um not not ideal it's not. Essentially. And, so, and the so, other thing too is that it's potentially dangerous and that's why that's pretty risky losing all of that blood if you're already iron deficient. Yeah, so that that's a good example, iron, because like it is something that's so hard to boost while you are pregnant. Is there anything else in a specific nutrient that you can think of that's really important to do as a pre preconception? Program? Well, everybody knows about folate. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> and iodine, actually, those are the two that, um, that generally uh, most people know about. But for a woman, every nutrient is is essential. Um, because, yeah. you know, if we think of it like building a house, right? We want to lay the foundations and make sure that you know there's no bricks out of place. <laughs> if there's a if there's a missing link there, if there's a missing brick or something, you know, and, and you think of nutrients as just that missing link, how is that going to affect the the, the building of the baby? You know, the, the actual creation of that baby. Mm -hmm. Is it going to affect, you know, um, at different times, especially in that first trimester, there's really critical points there where, you know, if certain nutrients are missing and, and the, the, the one that we know about is, is folate with um, neural tube defects, if that's missing up until that six-week um, point where the neural tube closes, then you can end up with a baby with, um, with, with, with a neural tube defect. But, of course, there's, I don't believe that there's just folate. That's just the one that's been studied. And if they did studies on um, every different nutrient, we would find that there would be something that happens later on down the track. And even if it was a longitudinal study and they studied those, those children, um, take choline, for example, they have done studies on that. And if a mother's deficient during pregnancy, then um, it, it affects for the rest of the life of that child, their memory. So if you wanna have a baby with a good memory, and memory is generally associated with higher intelligence, then you would up your choline levels during pregnancy as well. So, you know, it, it would, if we can go through all of the, the, the lists of nutrients, you would find um, every different nutrient does something um, oh, and, yeah. and would be associated with, with some kind of um, um, impairment or, or defect. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, there was a big, the big thing around um, vitamin B2 recently um, being yeah. so important in preconception care as well. They, and and, um, and B3. And B3. B3 came out. Was that last year or the year before they came out with that research? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so slowly the research has been done, which is great. You know, but yeah. it's, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get funding for that sort of research. That's why it's 
because you know, yeah. they're not going to patient a, a certain vitamin and, um, you know, <laughs> yes. that, that all comes down to money at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, mm. ethics approval for studies is another factor I find ethics would be approval. a barrier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yes, it's absolutely. extremely difficult to do any studies on um, pregnant, women. pregnant women or yeah. anything that's going to affect babies. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So just because research doesn't exist doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, um, oh, well, that nutrient isn't important because it hasn't been studied. Um, so that, yeah. that would be, sort of, um, you know, the, the wrong way to think about it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you did mention folate and I want to... Yeah. Um, come back to mm -hmm. that in a moment mm -hmm. but just while we're talking about preconception care mm. um, how long do you recommend couples do that for yeah so for four months is is a good time and um and really where that came from is is that the concept of preconception care actually started with an organization called foresight in the uk back in the 1970s and they discovered through their own research that couples who completed a four-month preconception care plan were more likely to conceive easily and have healthy pregnancies and babies. And this included um, couples that had prior to that had been having difficulty conceiving or had recurrent miscarriages or babies that were born, um, stillborn or, or had birth defects. So that was pretty amazing research um, for its time. And it was with a few hundred um, couples as well. Mm -hmm. So um, it wasn't that significant. Um, and four months is because it takes that long for, uh, well, it takes 100 days for an egg um, it, or an oocyte um, to, to, from scratch from the first cell to actually mature is 100 days and uh, sperm takes 72 to 76 days um, and ideally you'd want to be in a good state before you even um, uh, start you know your body starts producing uh, that sperm um, so you know you, you if you've got lots of detoxing and things like that to do Ideally, the longer that you can do that preconception care plan for, the better. But four months is a minimum. Mm -mm. Yeah. And it, it's really exciting that, that you can make such a big difference yes. in sperm health. And we can measure it. Short, short yeah. Time frame. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because because it basically does start fresh each time, whereas yeah. the oocyte has got so many other things that's been impacting it from um, yes. you know from the mother's. Well, even yeah, before that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before birth, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, sure. I um, yeah. remember reading that, or learning that that basically the oocyte is affected by yes. your grandmother's diet and environment. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's amazing. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. So then, similarly, like we want to obviously do the best that we can, yeah, so that our grandchildren's fertility is not going to be affected. That's right. That's right. That's um, yeah. So we're impacting generations mm. uh, after us, and, and we don't sort of think about that. Mm. For sure. Mm. So what about in regards to sperm health? Yep. So say that um, there's been some analysis, an, an analysis done of the sperm and like the counts are within sure. normal range. Why is it still important to do preconception care yeah. for that sperm? So um, there are three basic measurements when it comes to testing sperm. So there's sperm count, um, but there's also motility, which is how fast it's swimming and it's swimming direction and morphology which is the shape of the sperm and that's the one I'm mostly interested in. Um, by far in my clinic I see issues with poor sperm morphology and um, you can have the best sperm count in the world but if the majority of them are abnormal uh, then you're more likely to have a, a, um, a healthy pregnancy you know if, if, the, if the majority are abnormal then you're unlikely to have one. So, yeah I've got gotcha. you. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, it not only causes issues with fertility, um, it can actually be a major reason why women miscarry. And I think a lot of women blame themselves. They take the responsibility themselves to miscarriage. Um, see that all the time with women. That is that is a sad thing, and it's um, yeah. something I'm I see too. And it's hard because there isn't enough information out there about how much sperm can affect miscarriage. And it's yeah. also one of those things with miscarriages is that you do you don't ever really understand why it happens. No, no. I mean, it can be so many reasons. Um, so, um, you know, and, and you have to have three miscarriages before you even get sent to the miscarriage clinic. So, it, that can be a really stressful time. And and the more miscarriages you have, I'd imagine that the more stressful it would be and that's going to impact on your um, fertility and your ability to have a healthy pregnancy. Um, so you know, it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's absolutely mm. devastating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, um, one of the so, reasons yeah, that we so, want to prevent that is um, making, making super sperm. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And when it comes to nutrients for men, the most important ones that spring to mind are zinc, selenium, vitamin C, vitamin E, Iodine can be really important, especially if he has a sluggish thyroid, um, because that can cause damage to the testes. And folate is important for men as well as women, along with vitamin B12. So, yeah. And it's important to note that not all nutrients are created equal um, as in supplements. Mm -hmm. um, so vitamin B12 comes in three different forms. There's hydroxycobalamin, which is the natural form found in foods, and that can fits into the two active forms as needed, and cyanocobalamin, which is cyanide attached to cobalamin. Mm. And that's the cyanocobalamin is um, the one that you tend to see a lot more, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's cheaper. So, um, yeah, it's the one that's used in most retail supplements, for sure. Yeah, but it's not really um, the best. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I mean, it's... Uh, it's got good stability from a supplement point of view, but it, it and and it can convert into into the active forms. But um, yeah, I, I just uh, I prefer hydroxycobalamin. Mm -hmm. So hydroxycobalamin, it, it, you've got your two active forms, which is methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin, and it will convert into both forms as needed. In Australia, you can't um, you can't have adenosylcobalamin in a supplement because it's not PGA listable. So you do find it in some of the US supplements, but hydroxycobalamin covers you for everything. So, you know, um, why wouldn't you just take that? That's the type that's found in food, so your body knows exactly what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so for, yeah. Some, for those people that do have conversion issues, hydroxycobalamin is easier to use than... Yeah, it is. And, um, and it's the same form that's actually used when you go to the doctor and you have a B12 injection. They're injecting you with hydroxycobalamin. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really high quality form of B12. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just my preferred form. I, I don't tend to go for methylcobalamin only because they, you sort of end up with that imbalance between methylcobalamin and denosylcobalamin. And also um, with methylcobalamin as well, you can become overmethylated, same as the, the methylated form of the um, folate as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so I don't like to use methyl forms if, if, you, don't, if you don't have to, mm -hmm. um, unless it's folate and you're talking about pregnancy, then, then that's mm -hmm. Um, we could, uh, we yeah. could certainly go down a, a rabbit hole um, talking about methylation. We and, can, yeah, 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 it's a big topic, isn't um, it? Yeah. Are you able to just let, you know, 
30 second spiel about what happens if you have too much methyl groups. Yes. I would recommend actually that people go to um, YouTube and uh, watch Bill Walsh talk about overmethylation and because um, he explains it in, in like 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are, um, you know, really, it's um, much more common to be undermethylated than it is overmethylated, but it, but it is something that yeah, um, and overmethylation basically your your main symptoms are um, anxiety and insomnia. That could be symptomatic of something else though. So I wouldn't just go, oh yeah, that's me, and I must be overmethylated. You know, like <laughs> you'd need to speak to a practitioner and find out if that's actually the reason. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I always and it's easily reversed. <laughs> yeah, do you get very simplistically as that like yeah. too much methyl will rev you up? Yeah, absolutely. And it's easily reversed, you know, big dose of vitamin B3 and you're back to normal again um, yep. and stop taking the supplements. So it's not like it's, a, it's an irreversible condition or anything like that. But um, mm. yeah, it is something to be aware of. Um, but folate is a confusing one for most people because yes. what we hear about in public health messages is folic acid, you know, that's the one that we hear about. And and, and that's used in food fortification and cheap supplements. So mm. um, active folate, which is the type found in food, such as green leafy veggies, is found in a couple of different forms in supplements. So it's either bound to a calcium salt, or um, and the common brand name for that is uh, metafolin, uh, or it's bound to a glucosamine salt, and that's uh, called quatrifolic. And I chose quatrifolic for the natural best range because it has a superior absorption to the calcium salt and better stability, which is the shelf life of the product. Um, and there are also active forms of vitamin B2 and B6. And if you find products with these active forms, you know it's a premium supplement. It's, it's mm. going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, and getting back to sperm, CoQ10 um, has also been found to boost sperm motility. But I prefer to use alpha-lipoic acid, which recycles CoQ10, and that was found in a study at a dose of 600 milligrams daily to boost sperm motility. And the thing I love about alpha-lipoic is its ability to detoxify heavy metals from the body. So you're basically getting a two-for-one, and I'm always into getting more bang for your buck. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And that's something yeah. that you often do need to do for sperm health because they are so sensitive to um, damage from heavy metals. Yeah. Which we're exposed to a lot more than many people would think, aren't we? We breathe and, you know, like even if you do eat organic food and drink filtered water, you're still breathing them in on a mm. daily basis. You know, so there's lead from the old um, leaded petrol um, cars is, is still in the, in, in the uh, dust in the air, you know. So, yeah, it's, um, we can't. We just can't escape it, really. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, there's a lot of supplements available out yeah. there in the chemist and yeah. the supermarket, uh, oh. but, um, you know, they don't have activated B vitamins. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, mostly the retail market is tailored to people looking for cheap products. Cheap. Because if you don't, yeah, if you don't know the difference between good quality and poor quality, um, you're just going to base your purchasing decision on price. It's probably what we all do when it comes to different things. And it's like, you know, if I go into Bunnings, I don't know anything <laughs> about you know home renovation and whether this is good quality compared to that. And I probably <laughs> would base my decision on price, you know. But but you know, um, and there's I think we all do that when it comes to different things. But when it comes yeah. to health. You don't want to base it on price. There's a reason why that's something. Yeah, for, particularly when you um, realise the long-term implications of something like that. Yeah, and yeah. And when it comes to multi-generational effect. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like when people say, oh, I can't afford organic food. You know, really what you're saying is I don't value my health. That's what you're saying because we can if we just give away other things because the people that say that quite often will afford the bottle of wine every week. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just placing different priorities on different things. And so, um, yeah, um, you've, you've just got to... Um, look at your budget and realistically and you know you really need that gym membership or can you do some, um, things from home i don't have a gym membership i go walking every day and i do weights from home because it's you know it's cheap i don't need to spend my money on that sort of thing so um yeah, yeah so, so it's just about juggling yeah, yeah it's, it's about prioritizing and, and placing your health as a, as a top priority yeah and so um just in terms of the the other the supplements are out there what are some of the other differences yeah so um well i, I could tell you that every single ingredient in the natural best range has been chosen for quality so b vitamins are active forms the minerals are forms that are well absorbed and an example of this would be magnesium citrate or diglycinate so both of these are great forms of magnesium um, but magnesium oxide, on the other hand, which is quite often used in supplements, retail supplements, and that's commonly used by naturopaths as a laxative because it's very poorly absorbed. So um, an easy way to tell if it's poor quality mineral is by what the mineral is actually bound to. Mm-hmm. Is it oxide, gluconate, sulfate, fumarate? Those are all poor quality. Mm. Um, and there's an excellent blog article actually on my Nikki Warren naturopath website about that, and it's called um, Become Savvy. So that sort of guides people through that. Then, um, you know, wanting to, wanting some more information about those things. But what I what one thing I would say to people when you're purchasing supplements, especially herbal products, is do a lot of research on them first. Who's designing the products? What background do they have? What clinical experience do they have? If it's a herbal product, is it designed by a medical herbalist? You'd have, you'd have no idea how many supplements out there have been created by people with no clinical experience or, you know, herb or formulas that, that aren't even made by, you know, designed by herbalists. So, yeah. you know, there's no point in having a nutritionist designing a herbal product um, because we can have all the research, but there's nothing like actual clinical experience, mixing herbs, knowing which ones have synergy and which ones should be taken at certain times of the day as well. Mm, yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah. Um, okay. So just generally, yes. how much do you think a typical Australian woman receives in her diet of like the, the standard nutrients mm. that are required during pregnancy and preconception? Mm. Well, the latest research shows that only 7% of Australian women meet their daily intakes of vegetables um, and almost half consume two or more pieces of fruit. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that most Australian and New Zealand women aren't even close to consuming the nutrients they need. And that's where we get the good stuff in the veggies. So, in the veggies, sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what we should be doing is dividing our dinner plate in half. And half of the plate should be stacked with veggies, and the other half with some protein, like a piece of meat, the size of the, the palm of your hand, and you know, some carbs like brown rice or something. Yeah, and and it's so much easier to think of it in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just dividing a plate up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
yeah. But even say if a woman is getting in her five servings of veggies a yeah. day, it's still tricky to mm. get the um, recommended intake of these nutrients yeah. for preconception, particularly if we are trying to essentially yeah. supercharge your fertility and Absolutely. supercharge your egg health or bocide health. Because um, the other thing, yeah. is, on a daily basis, you know, we are um, depleting our nutrients um, as well through stress. A lot of people drink coffee. Um, they might have had a toxic lifestyle before they start their preconception care plan. They might have gone out binge drinking all the time. They might have been smokers. So you're starting off in a nutritionally depleted state anyway. Mm. Um, and then to to even get, you know, like to get 300 milligrams of magnesium on a daily basis is quite difficult. You know, it's actually when you look at the, the nutritional charts and you can find all of this information on, online mm. um, or, or to get your choline requirement um, you know, you'd be having to eat quite a few eggs every day to get your um, choline requirements. So, and people don't eat eggs every day, you know, it's just unrealistic. And so, and I've got this really great graph actually on a handout that I give to the doctors, and doctors know all about the iron issue, but just how much food, you'd actually have to eat three pieces of steak, plus a whole lot of veggies that are high in iron, um, just to meet your daily iron requirement during pregnancy. So, you know, we don't want you to eat three pieces of steak a day, but that's, you know, it's not realistic how much you have to eat um, to, to get all of those nutrients. Yeah, especially if you are a bit deficient to begin yeah, with, then you absolutely. have to pop it up again. Yeah. 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 So, um, so we do have an increased need in this yeah. time. So there, I've... I, I, I always recommend supplementation in preconception yeah. care. Like I always yeah. do. And I find when yeah. you do the blood tests, um, you... everyone's deficient. <laughs> I don't think I've ever come across somebody who, you know, is perfect with this perfect diet. It just doesn't exist. We're all human and yeah, and we're not perfect. And, um, you know, we, we don't live on farms and have um, no stress and <laughs> stress-free life, but, you know, um, and they're eating off the land and, you know, it's just, yeah, we just don't do that. And by the time the... The food hits the supermarket shelves. It's probably lost half of it. Such yeah. a good point. Yeah. 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 So, mm. And our soils are not that great. Our soil. Yeah, our soils just over farmed, and it's used to. I read something, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but I read about um, when our um, grandparents were kids, the amount of magnesium that they used to get in their diet was significantly more. There's so much more than what we get now, and it's just from over farming. The other thing too is that back before World War Two, everything was organic anyway because there, there were no pesticides back then. Mm. So um, yeah, so um, those are those are things that you know we, we're exposed to more toxins. We have less nutrients these days. I feel better. I I take supplements. I'm not even planning a baby, but <laughs> I take supplements every day because that's what makes me feel good. If I don't, I feel very depleted because I. Um, leader, um, you know, well, some people would, would say high stress, but I think of, I'm just a high energy person, but you know, I just work long hours every day and get as much done as I can. Yeah. Um, and so that, so that means that I'm really pushing my body and, you know, really need to, um, I feel better doing that. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I remember seeing something a, a long time ago. Um, saying that people that took multivitamins long-term were at increased risk of certain diseases. And that, I really yeah. think that's just due oh, to I would the say so. I mean, what they were taking. years ago, um, connecting folic acid supplementation to the development of cancer. And it's no surprise when you know that folic acid, when it doesn't get metabolised, leads to unmetabolised folic acid syndrome, and that can kill off natural killer cells. And yeah. that's what protects us from cancer. 
aquifer. So, you know, this is the reason why we have good quality nutrients. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you want to have the same nutrients that you find in food yes. that your body knows what to do with. And um, even if you take, say, vitamin B6, for example, if you're having um, too much pyridoxine hydrochloride, then you can end up with peripheral, peripheral <laughs> neuropathy. And um and yeah, and so um if you don't have the enzyme um it slipped my mind we'll come back soon. Uh, oh, paradoxal kinase. Um if, if you don't if you're lacking that enzyme, then you won't be able to convert it into its active form, which is paradoxal triphosphate, and then you can end up with Mm. Especially if you have a but you don't get that with the active form. So, um, and, and every single nutrient is like that. It's got it's got some reason why you shouldn't be having. And so there are certain people that do have a greater need for those advanced forms yeah. of or activated forms, yeah. like especially folate. Is there a way that people can tell, um, you know, whether they need a yeah. much higher amount in that instance? Or I, I do yeah, recommend do it for everyone. It for just everyone. The quality, I wouldn't. Yeah. Give Bottle acid, anyone, um, you know, regardless. But you know, some people can't metabolize folic acid properly, um, and you can do a couple of blood tests. The first is NTHFR, uh, and if you're homozygous for C677T, that's one of the markers. Um, you will absolutely need to take 800 micrograms of folic daily, and that mm. was uh, confirmed in the study. Um, if you want to reduce your risk of miscarriage and birth defects. So um, if you're heterozygous, and that just means that you've inherited the um, genetic polymorphism from one parent, um, it really depends on another blood test called homocysteine, and that's a, an amino acid in your blood that's affected by the metabolism of folate, B12 and B6. So if you have high levels of homocysteine, that puts you at an increased risk of miscarriage and you'll need higher levels of folate and B12 and possibly B6 as well. So mm -hmm. I like to use um, my prenatal trimester one supplement for those women during the preconception period because it has the higher levels of the quadrifolic and B6 in it. So that's better for them. Yes. Yeah. yeah so there's, you've got slight differences between your formula, formulas. Yeah. Um, but like it doesn't mean that they're actually like you can only use that one between trimester one. Absolutely. Instance, like your men's multi, your men's one is quite good. Um, in some instances, oh, absolutely, and that's well. why I designed yeah. the um, ultimate multi and antioxidant because I had so many practitioners say to me, "Hey, I love that formula, the your male formula, but I can't give it to women because they won't take it because it says on the label that it's for men. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got nothing in it that's going to raise." Um, you know, testosterone in a, in, a, in a woman. It's got zinc in there, which can raise testosterone for men. Yeah, it supports, um, supports their testosterone levels. But zinc also supports our testosterone levels as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just basically, it is exactly what it says on the label. It's an ultimate multi of antioxidant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, nutrients in there. It's the one I take every day. Yeah. 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 Mm, mm, um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we... Um, We've talked a, a lot about the nutrients for preconception yep. care um, and we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about diet, but can we talk a little bit about what lifestyle recommendations yeah, you so have for the preconception care? I'd like to think that people don't smoke anymore, but apparently they do. <laughs> um, so if you're a smoker, read the book, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. Um, work out how much money you're going to save by quitting because it must be huge now. I think it's like $40 a pound now um, put that extra money into organic food and just mm -hmm. find all the poisons that you've accumulated during the years you've smoked um, and if you don't exercise every day start even if it's just a 10 minute daily walk to get 
started. Um, switch all your cleaning products to natural one. Get an underbench water filter in your home. And if you're renting, ask your landlord if you one. They probably won't mind, you know, increasing the value of their property. <laughs> <laughs> um, find whatever works for you for reducing stress, because stress is a, is a killer. Mm. Um, whether it's yoga, meditation, deep breathing, hot baths, aromatherapy oils, um, it, you know, it, it is the biggest killer when it comes to fertility. So learn to take control of it instead of it controlling you. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's a lot we can talk about in that and I might do a separate podcast at some point just on lifestyle yeah. and preconception. So some data I was looking at said that four out of 10 pregnancies are unplanned. Yeah. For couples who have just discovered that they're pregnant, what can they do okay. to improve so, their well, babies and their health? My first pregnancy was unplanned. Um, and when I started reading about the benefits of preconception, despite Frank's information, I was pregnant and I started to feel very worried. And the first thing I want to say if you, is if you're in that situation, stop worrying and just start doing everything you can to ensure your pregnancy is healthy from now on. Um, the worst thought you can have is, oh, well, it's done about bad base, what's the point? I might as well continue with the same diet and lifestyle habits. Some people sort of have that, you know, mentality. They go, oh, well, I've eaten one chocolate biscuit, I might as well eat the bag. You know, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> just <blow> out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everything you do during the pregnancy affects the baby. So the sooner you start making better. Uh, if you're not feeling 100% pregnant, just do the best. Drink nutritious smoothies if you can get them down. And if the only thing you can stomach is banana custard, eat it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least there's some nutrients in there. But um, as soon as the nausea subsides, you can have a And um, your, your multis are pretty good for nausea, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So in some women, actually, they, they find that they need to take three daily of the trimester one formula um, rather than two. I'm not allowed say that on the label because of polite restrictions in, in, in Australia but um, but yeah I did design it so that it could be three times a day and uh, you know quite a few people actually um, prescribe that amount as well. So, mm. uh, I've yeah. actually had some experience myself of patients um, taking switching to, to that right. formula and finding their nausea. Yeah gone. great that's awesome yeah. yeah I mean look it doesn't work for everybody and you know um, it, but I just say that you know I think that the, the, the people that the women that have never had a pregnancy before, it's their first pregnancy, and they go, oh, I'm feeling so sick, and sometimes they'll take the supplement and they'll go, oh, no, it's not working, it's not helping. Um, and I almost feel like saying to them, go and take, you know, the most popular brand on the market, because I guarantee you'll start vomiting. <laughs> and, and you'll have something to compare it to, and then you'll go, oh, actually, no, no, I wasn't so bad. Yeah, so it's, all about, yeah, it's all about, you know, um, yeah, just comparing it. <laughs> yeah, um, so a little bit of context, yeah. Yeah, but it's better context. Yeah, you know. oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so no, that's good. So just you know, obviously you can't yeah. control what's happened if you you've already conceived. Yeah. Just and, do the best you can moving forward. You know, like sometimes you might not have even found out that you're pregnant until you're eight weeks and, and been drinking alcohol and things. But um, you know, from that moment on, you just yeah, you just make this decision that that, mm. that, that you know you're going you're going to do the best you can at, at that stage at that stage but um you know just just stay away from the really really bad stuff some women still smoke during pregnancy some women still drink alcohol so just you know, avoid alcohol avoid soft drinks soft drinks are 
they shouldn't even be sold. I just can't even leave these shelves and shelves. We have suffering from the people that buy that shit. Stop drinking coke. <laughs> you know, stop buying energy drinks. Don't drink energy drinks when you when when you are pregnant. It's shocking, you know, coffee. Oh my goodness. Um, well, if the limit um, for caffeine in a pregnant oh. woman is about the like, maximum two cups of yeah. coffee, then she'd be blowing that out of the water if she oh, had an energy absolutely, drink. Absolutely, oh. absolutely. And, you know, oh, and if, just, if you I have wouldn't. all those bad <laughs> yeah, how ignorant yeah. am I? I just wouldn't have ever thought any pregnant woman would do that. They do, I've seen, I've just, I've seen it, and I've, yeah. I'm so tempted because the last thing you want to do is go to pregnant woman and say, "Hey, you really should be," <laughs> because it's not your business. But you just see yeah. it, and you just, oh God, I really want to say something, but you know, um, yeah. So if there's a message I want to get out of there, I get it, get out there. It's, it's that you know, you will regret it. Mother's guilt is very real, and if there's something wrong with your baby's health um, further down the track. But always wonder if it was those few glasses of wine you had or the asthma was caused by you smoking in pregnancy. The problem is you'll never know. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I just want to say about alcohol and pregnancy is that, you know, the public health message is that there's no safe, safe level of drinking um, in pregnancy. But we still have this culture where people think that an occasional one won't hurt. But what if it does? You know, alcohol is category X. And what that means is it's a known teratogen. It causes birth defects or fetal alcohol effects that may be quite mild. And, you know, some pharmaceutical drugs are category C or D. And that, that doesn't mean that they're safe. But they are deemed to be safer than alcohol. So if you ask any pregnant woman if she thinks it's safer to take belly and have a glass of wine during pregnancy, most of them will think it's not. They'll think that you know, having you know, surely that having a glass of wine would be safer. Um, but it's actually more harmful than Valium. So I'm not advocating pharmaceutical drugs in pregnancy, but I think we need to change our thinking around alcohol. I think there is still a culture out there mm. that we need to well, you, you see yeah. a lot of cultures where it is still fairly commonplace. Mm. In a lot of European countries, they are drinking more mm. so. And um, mm. uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I worked with a girl actually, um, and how it's quite a few years ago now. So this is probably going back about you know 15 years ago when I was a, a flight attendant, and she was a flight attendant, and she was she said she drank a glass of red wine every night, and I just looked at her. So, as if she was crazy, like, you know, was she not worried about that? And her doctor said, no, that's fine, you know. And, and later on, I found out that her baby had kidney problems. Was that caused by that? Never know. She'll never know, you know. So um, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, yeah, it, mother's guilt is such a hard thing. It um, is. So, like, if, if there is... Like if there is women that are in a situation where they've was bad, they, I, there's nothing no. we can do about no. it. But the best thing we can do is we don't want a female girl, but we, we do, do want yeah. to just educate so that moving absolutely and, and and just not have that mentality of oh I've done the damage now, so I might as well keep going. That's that's the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, yeah, just you know, yep. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Okay, yeah. so um. Do you have a fertility boosting recipe that you would like to share? <laughs> yeah, so I love the power of using food as medicine. Mm. Um, and pomegranates are actually a fantastic aromatase inhibitor. And what that means is it helps stop the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And that's great for male fertility um, and also for women who are estrogen dominant. So I'll share a link to my pomegranate chicken, which is absolutely delicious. And it's Yum. really easy to prepare. Um, I usually serve it up with some tomato and organic green beans. 
probably going. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Share that work with you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Do you yeah. know, um, I love pomegranates and I've actually got a pomegranate tree. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And Wow. That's it's cool. Amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, it has these little reddish green, like red leaves with yeah. a bit of a green in the middle of them. And then um, like the, the fruit just is And the amazing. seeds, you can use them in salads. <laughs> um, and yeah. Um, my kids yeah. love them. My son mm. in particular, like he could probably eat about three pomegranates a day. So we just wow. pull it off the tree. I've gotten to yeah. be a bit of a pro at opening it now. So you've got yeah. to sort of um, snap the top of it off and then you break it into wedges. Yeah. And then um, it's really easy to just smudge away wow. on that. But I actually, I, I planted the right, pomegranate so when cool. I got married um, because it's love and fertility. Yes. And so, I, you know, I put this in. I'm going to nurture this as I nurture my relationship. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going great guns. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Actually, I've got a uh, mulberry tree that um, I put my plant of my placenta um, when I had my son in it. Oh. And it is uh, amazingly hardy. I don't know if it's due to the placenta or not or whether mulberry trees just are anyway, but it has been neglected at times when I go away and it hasn't been, you know, in the hot, you know, Queensland sun that hasn't water and things and you should see the amount of mulberries that it produces and just so sweet and the leaves are just mm. so healthy it's amazing well, yeah that would be a nutrient dense plant for sure yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes i i um planted my placenta with, with lara my second under a chrysanthemum yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so cool because you can go out and like even with phoenix now we're going Let's go out and water our tree, and it's just like this special <laughs> bonding yeah. thing. It's like this is our tree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so let's finish up by saying, um, what's your take-home message to couples sure. about preconception? So you care? won't regret it when you know that you have done everything possible to ensure a healthy pregnancy and baby. Um, you'll just have peace of mind and, and you'll feel proud of yourselves that you improved your health together. And when you're feeling fit and healthy, you usually have a high libido. So there are numerous benefits <laughs> to a preconception care plan, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. And how can people get in contact with you? Um, so they can get in contact with me through my website, so mickeywarrennaturopath.com, or there is Facebook. I've got a um, Facebook page for Mickey Warren Naturopath, plus there's the Natural Best um, Facebook page as well, um, and Instagram. I've got the two pages there as well. It's quite hard to keep on top of two pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm terrible yeah. at social yeah. media. Yeah. Like, oh, no, so am I. I, should, I uh, suppose I should do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm a bit of a shocker, but uh, but yeah, they can get in touch with me, and, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay, I'm, I'm um, very awesome. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll pop yeah. all that in the show notes. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. So thank you Great. so much for joining me here today, and I'm. I think we've been able to get a lot of information out of you about brain of yours, and uh, hopefully we can. You know, do another cool. podcast at some point talking about various other things, nutrition, maybe yeah. nutrition during pregnancy. That would be a great one. No problem. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Thank you Thank for inviting me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye bye.